Welcome back, everyone, to It Starts Now, the happy hour of finance and business. My name is Stanley. In this episode, we are doing things a little differently. First, I would like to say thank you for all the support and everybody that's been really um, supporting us, showing us some love. I just want to say thank you. And if you haven't done so already, please um, subscribe and the like button and share. It definitely helps us out to continue to bring you guys some good content. Uh, today, I have a panel of three. Are they here to talk about the ugly truth about business that people don't talk about? Please welcome my guys, Malik Lee, financial planner, owner of Felton and Peel, Jason Bavell, managing partner of Bavell Financials, Alamine Kabam, owner of Pavement, and he's specialized in a lot of inventory. And I get a lot of calls for for Al on the low because <laughs> uh, people want to know how the inventory and distribution works. Uh, welcome, guys, and thank you so much for being on this show. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, so I want to dive in because we have a short limit of time. Uh, we made this happen really quickly. Um, we had some technical issues before, and now we're back on. So I just want to say thank you, and I appreciate that. I just want to go for each one of you guys to tell me what's one of the ugliest truth that people didn't share with you that you learned along the way. So we're going to start with Jason, if you guys don't mind. <laughs> I actually wish I was going last. Uh, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of truths are missing. Um, one of the truths, one of the ugly truths that isn't shared that I learned through actual experience is just because you have a good product or service does not mean they will come. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a good one. That's an important one. All right. Cause you have to have the market for it, right? Even if you got a good product, you still got to have that market for it. Yeah. Um, Al? Um, I think the, one of the ugliest truths, you know, entrepreneurship and scaling a business, like it's an emotional roller coaster. You know, I don't think a lot of people really tell you like, you know, especially like social media, they see it's like glitz and glamour. But, you know, entrepreneurship is a real emotional roller coaster. That you got to have like an ironclad stomach for, I think. That is true. Uh, Malik? Yeah, um, probably what I got to say kind of piggybacks on what, what Al kind of mentioned. And and that is that you need the buy-in from family and friends and loved ones. Even, you know, a lot of people think that entrepreneurship, it's all about me, that I'm doing this myself. This is my business, my job. But if you're a teenager, right, or somebody young, you need your parents to buy in, right? If you're, if you're in your 20s, you know, uh, you need a girlfriend or, you know, uh, uh, a parent also to buy in. If you're married with, with or in relationships like you need you need family members to buy in you need friends to buy in like you know you can't go out all the time and eat anymore you <laughs> you know like like it, everybody has to pitch in everybody has to buy in you know and and i think that's that's one thing that if you don't get that buy-in or that support it can be one of your worst decisions that you ever made from a lifestyle or stress standpoint if everybody's not bought in 
That's true too. But do you think that's that that falls a line of being a salesman? Because you still got to, even though you're selling it to your family or friends, you still got to sell and learn that technique in order for you to sell it to other people. Yeah. Like, you know, well, um, I think it's, well, really, you know, some, yes, that plays a part in it, but some people, they'll look at their family members' ideas and they'll probably say deep down, like, this is a dumb idea. Like, I don't know why they're, they're doing this, but they still there. They're still supporting them because it's your, it's your dream at the end of the day. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I think it's more to it than just look, I have this awesome idea. I have this amazing idea. Like, you know, a 50 year old, like uh Mark Zuckerberg's parents, you know, 50 years old, their kid comes to them from Harvard and like, look, dad, I got this, this app that I want to start where everybody is friends with each other. They probably laughed at him and thought it was stupid. You know, you know, so like it's everybody's not going to believe or understand your vision. But, uh, you know, that's a whole nother different story. Right. Understanding and believing the vision. But yeah. I'm just talking about right now, just buying in just. All right. That's what you want to do. I- I'm going to be there to to support you, you know, no matter what. Al, did you struggle with that same thing? Yeah, I think so. I think I, I still do, you know, because. um you really think about, you know, what we're trying to build at pavement is really, you know, something really, really big, you know, so not a lot of people understand that vision, like what you're trying to scale and what you're trying to build. And it becomes, it's like, people are just like, I, I don't get it, you know, because, you know, it, it's, 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 it's strange, you know, because you're trying, you, you have this idea of what you want your company to be 10, 15 years into the future, you know, and, a lot of people are not really thinking on that scale, you know, or, or following your path and following your vision, you know. So, yeah, I do agree. Um, but, you know, there's people that will come along during your journey, during your process that will believe in your vision. And, you know, and they'll, they'll, they'll ride with you to the wheels fall off and you probably met them a week ago. You know what I mean? And that's just that's just part of the game that like those people are just aligned to be part of that vision. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh Bavel, just one thing, like besides capital, what would you say is the other thing that people should know before they get in or should have? Well, I thought Malik and Al, what they said is very real on the ugly truths that aren't told. Uh, After first, of course, capital, second, outside of capital, whether it's your product or service, you need to know the the market that you're going to go after. I think that's very big. Now, you know, as Al and Malik will probably testify, that grows and changes as you go along. But in the beginning, you should at least have that in mind because you need to know who your target is so you can go after them and figure out, hey, do they like my product? Do they like my service? And if they do, how can I tailor it for them to really appreciate it and to kind of take over the market or make myself a lane and be a a desirable service provider or a product in that lane? So that's the second thing that I think that you need after capital. Uh, would you agree, Al? Yeah, I think um, I think you know, like your vision of the company will change, but 
you know, for instance, right, I was listening to a podcast and um, there's a guy named Steve Blank is pretty much like one of the godfathers of like startups and technology. He was like, you'll hear five people tell you no, and then you want to repivot your whole idea. You know, I think <laughs> people are going to tell you no, that's just part of the game. And um, if you know explicitly your target market and you're, you're serving like a niche group of people, you know, there's nobody in your lane, man. It's just stay in your lane. There's no traffic in your lane. No. Yeah. How about you, Malik? You know, uh, I'm going to go against the grain a little bit. Uh, uh, and and I'm going to say that once you got your capital, I think now that you need to understand technology on how it can improve your business and how it can disrupt your business. Mm -hmm. Right. So so you can start your business today and there's a there's a bot that's going to take over your business tomorrow and mm -hmm. all the capital in the world is not going to, not going to help you. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so like we saw, we saw big major companies, you know, learn that the hard way blockbuster things of that nature. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so like you, so, so I would say that after capital, you know, you know, what, what we're taught in school is, you know, learn your competitive landscape and things of that nature. I think now that, that you are competing with, you know, Skynet right now. I think you're competing with the you know iRobot or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, and I think every industry needs to be able to that no matter what you're starting, you need to be able to understand that and and dissect that and understand the risk of, of that, you know, uh, no matter what industry I, that you're in. I would like to jump in. Um, Malik, isn't that sort of knowing your market? Because if you know who you're going to be going after, can't you roll that up into, hey, I'm going after this this part of uh, the market or who I'm targeting. And that kind of goes underneath that of what's going on, what does your market need? And you can kind of look at that as what's the competition? Yeah. I, because I don't think you can sit there and know what's gonna come truly tomorrow. Everyone likes to say you can, but let's be real, you use Blockbuster, but Blockbuster had a hell of a run. I mean, <laughs> they had a hell of a run. Who's When they started, who was sitting down there and able to predict Netflix 20 years later? That's true, they had such a or great run that they like turned down. Now. Oh. now, if you're already in the market, I do agree that you always should keep your eyes open on what's going on and be open to change and being fluid. But I think for someone starting out, um, whether it's distribution, the financial service sector, whether it's consulting, whether it's a grocery store, uh, there's, so, there's only so many things you'll know going in and being able to predict what's, what technology is going to do maybe five or 10 years down the road. I think that's, that's kind of tough. Well, 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 let's 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 be clear and understand exactly what I what I said, right? So I didn't I didn't disagree with the market idea. I just said my focus would be more so on technology. So if you want to put it underneath it, then yes, we're we're kind of saying the same thing from that standpoint. But then also I never said predict, right? Said understand how technology can disrupt you. Blockbuster knew Netflix was there. Yep. Blockbuster understood that you better get due. They didn't believe in that idea. Yeah. And mm. that's why they lost, 
right? So that's my that's more of my point. Nobody's but they were in the startup of of, of 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 predicting. It's understanding if I'm starting a uh, a podcast, you know, what are the you know, if, if, if I'm starting a delivery service, right, like like with Al, an inventory, kind of like what Al's doing and managing, he needs to understand, like, you know, how far away are the uh, uh, the drones to delivering uh, things to people's houses? Like, that's a real that's a real thing. Right. Those yeah. are things that we're hearing and talking about right now. If I'm a car developer, I need to understand what's going on with Tesla and how Tesla is disrupting the car industry, you know? And and like, if you don't, and if you just go out there, you can get all these loans, you can get this capital, and you could be left out, you could be left out in the cold, um, which a lot of people, and we're seeing, right? There was, a, there was tons of restaurants that wasn't on Uber Eats and Grubhub and Postmates and all those things of that nature. COVID turned that around, right? COVID, but Malik, that's not technology though. That happens to be like you know circumstances based off like a, a virus. No, no, the COVID accelerated everything. Right. Okay. COVID didn't Um, go ahead, Al, because Jason and I have been dominated. Go ahead, Al. <laughs> no, no, I was gonna say like, yeah, I agree with you. You know, like there's a book uh, i think there's a professor at um i think harvard wrote a book called the innovator's dilemma where he said the reason why a lot of big businesses fail is because they don't allocate their resources to focus on emerging trends and that right there is the innovator's dilemma so if we take the case of blockbuster and netflix netflix knew that immediately they weren't going to make a lot of money on you know the dvds and then the streaming which is next because it was paying for the licensing Blockbuster could have took the same pivot, but they didn't. The 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 rate of return that they were going to get from the DVDs and the content wouldn't be able to satisfy the stomachs of you know the growth margins that they need to see fit. So Netflix played the long game. They they paid for the licensing for movies, losing tons of money on their platform, and now look, they got Netflix original Netflix original content, which is which is crazy because it understands what you like to watch, and then from there they just create more content around that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, a, a, another great example is Disney. Yeah, like, like, like Disney's pivot is um is amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. You know, like yeah. that, 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 that that streaming platform that they got yeah. right now. But see, but you got to credit Netflix for that. Yeah, but you know, it's it's yeah, not yeah. hard when you got the money like Disney and the power like true. Disney, but right? at the end of the day, you still got to credit Netflix for for now. People are saying like, okay, now we need to go to well, Disney was always doing original content, correct. But, but now they're going to the streaming service, and because their catalog is so long that they could afford. It's one thing if you could afford the money to to pivot and go into that uh, ecosystem, but it's another thing to say, okay, do I have enough content to compete? It's just so fortunate that Disney has enough content to compete. Yeah. And their content is something that people want to watch. Yeah, they want to watch. Yeah. 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 Have it centralized. Yeah. So true. Just to, you know, I think definitely, Malik, what you're saying is real. I'm coming from, hey, I'm getting ready to start my business. What are the things, immediate things that I need to do? Uh, capital, of course. Yeah. But the second thing is know your market know who you're targeting, what are the possible um, downfalls, which you're right, technology is definitely something yeah. that in every field yeah. you need to think about. 
Um, isn't it? Is it because technology is constantly improving by the second? Co correct. So something that's probably good today, tomorrow be obsolete. Exactly, and that, and that's why I said right after you know before, like back in the day, it was the SWOTS analysis, right? You know, mm -hmm. you're you're looking at those things to understand competitively what's going on, you know, and you know other competitors and other marketers and and like for me, like the first thing I look at is okay, what is technology going to be doing? Like right now, if you're looking to open up a grocery store, like you better be mindful of the Amazon stores where you can come in and pick up groceries without a register, without like nothing. If you own vending machines, if you if your business is vending machines, you better be mindful of those same non-person vending stores that's out there. Like technology is changing and is growing at such a rapid pace that that you need to understand how that can affect your business because most people are not getting in the business for two months or two years right you're hoping to do this for the for the long term so like and that's why i'm just like with me i'm just looking at how technology affects that and i'm always putting money into it you know we're always investing into it especially in our industry like uh you know because because i don't want to be blindsided you know i'm not trying to predict but i don't want to be you know blindsided from some new thing that can take us over if you will well that can happen <laughs> but uh quick question uh, i'm gonna make a quick switch how has like being an entrepreneur has affected your family life uh, Jason, you laugh. You want to go first? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, my kids, they, they actually kind of mock me because when I come around and they're like, hey, we want to do this, we want to do that. I have a saying, daddy's got work to do. It's become like an anthem where actually earlier today I said, daddy's got, and they finished the rest of the sentence, work to do. So, so, so with that being said, you know, with pursuing your business, entrepreneurship, starting up a company, growing a company, it takes time and it does affect your family life. Um, I've seen it not just with me personally, but I'm in a unique position where I service other businesses and I am fortunate enough to talk to other business owners who are clients of mine, and it does affect their family life. Um, and I think when we started this podcast and Malik went against the grain and said, the ugly truth is you have to have family buy-in. That's very true because your family is directly and indirectly affected by the business. And it's not just from a money standpoint or a time standpoint. There's so many other things that come into play like Al even touched on the emotional roller coaster where your family comes along for the ride. And, you know, one can say that's with any line of work and that's true. It's just that with the business or entrepreneurship uh, area, I feel that it could be even more impactful because you're riding a new ride and it's always turning and moving and it has a great amount of unpredictability, more so than just a job. 
Um, Malik, how about you? How are we going to get to you? Because last, because I know okay. you don't have kids. So go ahead. Man, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Al, you win. You're lucky. <laughs> He's winning right now. <laughs> go ahead, Malik. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's probably, this is probably like the worst question for us three on this, on this call. We're, we're all, we're all people like uh, entrepreneurs, right? So we're right. all in the people business, right? Mm-hmm. So our schedule a lot of times is determined by our clients, you know? Yeah. And so, so like, you know, I, I would say the good thing and the, is I would say it's 50, 50, you know, in the beginning, it could be rough to points that Jason alluded to uh, financially with startup and you don't have the money to go out to eat or vacations that you typically had uh, uh, because you're putting that back into the business. Uh, uh, and, and you might not have the time because you don't have the, the money to pay for the 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 assistant that you need mm-hmm. or things mm-hmm. that you need so you're putting in more hours uh mm-hmm. to do to do with less um so you're working longer hours you're working more uh you know with me my phone is like always ringing um whether it's for new information i need to worry about with the stock market or financial planning stuff or a client you know or somebody who's trying to become a client so my phone is always, always ringing. I'm always on the phone. Um, you know, so people try to become, people become entrepreneurs because they say they want to control their, their life. They want to control their, their destiny. The narrative, their destiny. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, you can argue that. And we probably all might have different opinions on this, but you can argue that because your clients are your bosses, right? You know, if you need to, when you get to a certain point, you can start telling people no. But in the beginning, those no's, it becomes harder to do because you got to pay the bills. Yeah. So, so, so like, you know, I, I would say it's, it's, it, it's good and bad. You know, obviously, if you had somebody here that owned a tech company and working from their laptop, it could work on the beach. As long as they have Wi-Fi, I don't know, they might have a different answer. And then they have low, low, low uh, overhead because all they need is their, their MacBook or something. But uh, for us, we need inventory. We need capital. Um, or for people like my myself and Jason, you know, time is our, like, we only have a certain amount of hours in the day and we're providing a service and we get paid based on how many of the services that we, that, that we charge throughout the day. So, so um, for with us, time is of the essence. So we can't waste it, you know, or we lose money, you know? So, um, I, so I'm 50, 50 on it. But, yeah. uh, well, I want to say this, like, I'm going to give it right to you, Al, but I, I do want to say this. I think everybody has a boss, even in leadership. Like, when you reach a certain level, uh, your employees is really, right? you're really working for your employees to make sure yeah. that the environment yeah, is good so they can produce. So Absolutely. it doesn't matter. I think where, any level, you you have accountability from somewhere, and Absolutely. that becomes your boss, right? Um, Al, how about you? Man, um yeah, I, like it's it's different for me, right? Because like I don't have, you know, I don't have a wife, I don't have kids, you know. Like I'm a young dude, like I haven't even cracked thirty yet, you know. So for me, I I took it as, you know, you're gonna go into a period of like isolation, you're trying to build like to build this startup, and you know, get it off your chest now and do it now before you start a family and so on and so forth. And it's 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 really like an emotional roller coaster because it's just mm-hmm. so certainty that you have to battle with um not a lot of people are going to understand the 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 summit that you're trying to reach you know so there's a lot of things that that come into play and 
you know, as we, we grow, you know, if you think about pavement, right, like pavement, like we do, we start deliveries at 7 a.m. and we don't end till 10 p.m., you know, so this company yeah. is now operating at like 15, 16 hours a day, you know, seven days a week. The business never closes. So I'm always plugged into the business. And as we grow and we expand, that's only going to become more and more, you know, and, and it isolates you a lot because, you know, with vacations, you know, like Malik was saying that you want to go on, but, you know, we can't go on because we have certain milestones and trajectories that we're trying to hit, you know, and then it becomes even, even more impactful is like, you know, now I have investors that are investing a lot of money into pavement. And like, I have a fiduciary obligation to those investors. Like, mm-hmm. That also plays a part that isolates you a lot from your family and a lot of people because they just don't understand that that level of responsibility when it comes to like investors in general. Um, and it, 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 it could drive somebody crazy, man. I think it could really drive you crazy if you don't got a good head on your shoulders. Okay, hold on. Okay, so time out. So time out. All right. So for the viewers out there, right, if we have to pick, is it good or bad on the families? If we got to pick just one of those two. You know, what would we say? I guess like if we if we had to choose, because I, I didn't give an answer. I, I was like, I, you know, it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, but if we had to choose one, I guess you had to lean one way. Which what would we say? But that's that's if your family is involved, if your yeah. family's involved and they believe in the dream, like you said earlier, then yes, then it's good. But if your family is not engaged, then, you know, you, you're being pulled in two ways. And to Al's point, you do, you definitely need that emotional IQ. Like, if without that emotional IQ, you won't be able to like balance everything. You're gonna go crazy. Mm-hmm. So you have to be calm in order to balance everything off, and then make good decisions and say, okay, maybe today I'm not gonna go as hard at the at the business. I need to spend time with the family. Yeah, okay, okay, but you know, but but you know what? You know, you know what? Let's take a step back from that, right? If okay. even if the family's not involved, mm-hmm. there's times like this, right? So if you are a pizza shop owner, you know, and COVID shuts you down and you can't pay your bills and all this stuff is happening, like family members get pulled in regardless, whether they're whether they want to be involved or whether you don't need them or not. Right. Right. Well, so, if that's bread and butter, right? If that's if that's the one that's generating the most money, then yeah, everybody got to pull in. <laughs> because that's the, that's the winner, right? That's the win- but if it's not the winner and something else is the winner, then something has to sacrifice. Okay, now, now, by winner, you're talking about, you're talking about the breadwinner? Like, if you're going through something right now, because I, I, I don't, I don't want to say that, uh, I never want to promote you sacrificing your current living, right, and putting your family into a situation, right? You 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 want to have the dream, you want to focus on the dream, but if you have to get a little part time job, whatever it is, and still do the dream, then I suggest that because I I don't I don't subscribe to putting your family in a situation yeah. that I'll never do. But at the same token, you can't ask somebody to have a bread that have that's the breadwinner to say. Listen, I need you to focus on this business. Then who's bringing in the bread? Okay, I want to. I want to jump in there, Stan. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's why we're doing this. There's so many layers, and family's a huge part. As Malik said, actually, the ugly truth in the very beginning. Uh, it 
most people who start businesses, that business is a part of them. That's their baby. That's hopefully their dream. Sure. You know, I'll keep speaking on vision, etc. That is a family commitment. When that business is almost in trouble, even if, you know, let's say you're married and the spouse is the breadwinner, your business is still the baby. It's still going to take some type of involvement from everyone. Sometimes at some point, whether it's large or small, you know, Malik touched on the pizza shop mm -hmm. owner. I have pizza shop clients. And when COVID hit, it did affect the family and family had to jump in that don't normally really have anything to do with the pizza shop, immediate family. So I think when you have a business and this is for anyone out there that has a family, Malik said it from the beginning, your family has to understand and you want them to have a buy-in because you never know when you will need them. And it's not only when things are going bad. Sometimes you just need them when things are going good. Rapid expansion, yeah. you might have something going on. You say, hey, guys, I need a few extra hands or just running ideas, the ups and downs of business and of your day, et cetera. So, you know, it's so Man. many different things. Man, and I, I got a story about the last recession, right? 2008, everybody was in the real estate, right? Real estate was going great. Real estate was going phenomenal. People were making money hand over fist. Real estate market collapses, right? And my brother is is my brother's wife is doing rehabs, cleaning out foreclosures, right? So she gets so much business. She's doing well from that. And then they don't have enough employees. Employees are not showing up. Next thing you know, them two are knocking on my door. Hey, Malik, I need you to come pull up some carpet. I'm like, what? I'm sitting here watching the game, you know? And then it, and then it was like, you know, but at me with that entrepreneur like mindset from the beginning, I, under, you know, I was down for it. I understood it. And also I got a good steak dinner out of it, but, you know, <laughs> but, but, but still, you know, it was like, you know, to Jason's point is it's not always good times or bad times is it could be, it could be, it, you know, it could be either or good or bad. Right. Yeah. From, the, from that point. perspective. That's a good point. Uh, I'm glad you guys touch on something because uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm I struggle with right now and is the ugly truth is the onboard process, right? Um, you want to bring some people on board and you want to make sure that you're scaling at, at at a good rate. And but the ugly truth is not everybody you bring on board is going to meet those criterias or that or it's going to have those type of skill sets, especially in the beginning when you you know that okay. You budget in your capital, right? Because you you have other things that you want to, other resources that you want to make sure that it is funded. And now you bring it on people and now you got to find somebody because uh, they're not, they're not working out. Yeah. And, and that's one of the ugly things that people don't talk about is that there's going to be times where you got to find somebody and then you just lost out on some time. Yeah. Right. I put you on a step back. Now, my question is, who who else experienced that or can understand that? Yeah, I definitely I definitely um, I definitely get where you come from. Like now, especially like we're in a point of, you know, scaling and hiring, hiring employees to come on our team. Like we just hired a marketing team, you know, and I live by like a philosophy like, hey, if I can't work with you for a long time, I don't want to work with you for a short time. 
you know, and I think we gravitate more towards hiring people from diverse backgrounds that, you know, want to be entrepreneurs, want to do their own thing after. So let's use pavement, you know, as a crash pad where you can learn, you know, how to how to do, you know, managerial things, how to do the finances, how do you do law? You know, like we a lot of the people we look to hire have that urge to want to be entrepreneurs themselves, you know, so take this time to work with us and and, and do that, man. And also, when I think it comes to firing somebody, man, you just got to you got to make it quick. There's, there's a book, you know, um, this guy, uh, Ben Horowitz, he read, a, he read a book called The Hard Thing of a Hard Thing. Yeah, there was a quote that says, um, uh, hire slowly, fire fast. Yeah, absolutely. One million percent. Yeah. Yeah, because my thing is, how much time you're gonna give someone? Like, can you really gauge that? Like, how much time you'll give somebody to turn around to improve before you say, "All right, this is not working out." You'll be able to tell quickly. I think you'll be able to tell quickly, and I think all you three up there are talking big talk. We're down here. I'm down here in in Georgia, where (laughs) we can fire you just, you know, you know, just for the way you clocked in wrong down here. (laughs) Oh, y'all got all these unions. All <laughs> way more red tape up there, though. Way more red tape. Up there. Right. So, can, can I, yeah, go ahead. That's very true, Malik. But it also depends on size. Yeah. So you're right. There's red tape. But if you're a startup or a small emerging company, you have a little bit more leeway. Um, compared to if you're a large company where you have an HR department and if they take you to court, it's a serious deal. Uh, I definitely agree with you, Stan. You have to know when to get rid of people and get rid of people quickly. I had a horrible experience six, seven years ago um, where we hired a bunch of hopefuls. And I realized that if you're not on top of the hiring process and making sure you get the right people. It doesn't matter what process or system that you have in place. Those people can wreck it and cause you considerable financial damage and or the loss of a company. If you're going to hire four people for anyone that's out there or two people or three people and you want to give, you want to be a bleeding heart and give a chance I would recommend if you're hiring four people, you make sure three people are very strong and that one on the border person is the maximum amount that you hire. I would say 25% is should be the hopeful where, you know, it could go either way, but you want to give them a shot and you want to surround them with strong people. Because if you don't do that, if you have four hired hired Uh, folks, and you have two that are good and two that you're giving a shot to, your chances are that it's going to be a failed experiment. For whatever reason, when you have uh, underperforming people, that spreads like um, a rotten apple Mm -hmm. in a bag. You want to surround one possible person around a team that's strong. So if they do go sideways, it doesn't really destroy what you have going on and the momentum. So that's just my two cents. Yeah. So if if I can add on, if I can add on to that, you guys talked about firing people. I'm gonna talk about <laughs> what's so hiring. So <laughs> what's the, what's the good things here? 
All right. So, so, so two things, right? Um, um, one of them is if you're looking to hire, hire early, right? Don't wait until you're already, already busting through the seams or where you're already in trouble and then you need to hire. You, you kind of have to plan in advance, you know? Um, um, so if you think, if, so if you're almost at capacity or if you feel like you're going to get there with, with that one deal or the, that the next deal after, then you want to start, you want to hire now. Um, um, so you want to give yourself, you want to have policies, procedures, you want to have training out the way for when you start to hit the ground running, you know? So one of the things I see a lot of business owners, mistakes a lot of business owners make is they start to hire after the, they're getting bad reviews because their service tanked and all that stuff like that. So you want to hire like, you know, in advance. Uh, and sometimes you might not, you might not always see the revenue there, but that's part of, you know, ownership. And that's part of entrepreneurship. And that's one of the, one of the risks you have to take. The other thing is get into, get into the community. If you're looking to hire, you need to get into the community. And I'm not talking about like sponsoring like basketball tournaments and, you know, yeah, you can do that and stuff like that. But I mean, like just get visual, market your brand. You know, if you are, uh, uh, you know, for, for, for example, like, you know, go to a college and, and, and help kids, that's looking to start podcasts, you know, if you're looking to do podcasts, like get into the community. And when you do that, people are going to see your work and then you're going to get a chance to interact with potential candidates before they even come in the door. You know, um, um, I'm heavily involved in the um, wealth management industry and I meet kids. I meet some great kids like every day, you know, and there I'm seeing them in action. I'm seeing their work. I'm seeing if they're on time. I'm seeing all of these things and they don't even know it. They're being interviewed this whole time. And people are calling me up, Malik, you know, I, I just got three kids jobs the other day, you know, and it was like, hey, Malik, you know, do you know anybody hiring? I need somebody to do this. I got the perfect girl for you. You know, she was D1 track. She's in uh, 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 Texas and she's amazing. She calls me once a quarter. I see the progress that she's doing. I see the job that she's doing. So get into the community. Matter of fact, my last firm that I was at was a $2 billion firm and they didn't even hire or market to anybody. What they did is they had a robust um, um, investment management training program inside of Kennesaw State University, KSU, probably just as big as like, it's like the NYU down here, right? So so like it was it was, it was real big. Uh, 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 and they were always able to cherry pick the top students coming out of that class. You know, every year they had the first, they had the first crack at them before Goldman Sachs, before the Morgan Stanleys. So, because they were in the community. So I would say that about hiring. That's good. Um, you touch, you guys touched on something earlier uh, about the rapid growth with hiring, right? Now, how do you manage the rapid growth um, without being crushed by the weight of the growth? I, I think that's a, a real, real tough question. And I, and, and, um, you know, sometimes you just, there's, there's no way to handle it. We gotta just gotta, we gotta, we gotta just strap up and just <laughs> punch to the face. <laughs> I, I think I think though Malik kind of touched on it and Al, 
it there's no of course one way to look at things but if you see that you're having rapid growth you obviously need a team you're going to have to hire people mm-hmm. so Malik gave tips on how to be in the community Al gave tips on the type of people you look for because that's you know paramount whether you have a product or a service you have to have the right people and you know when you're growing and growing rapidly that becomes key and then also seeking out help uh there's certain resources that you may not need when you're first starting out that become paramount as you grow leveraging technology there's technology that i didn't have use for 2 3 years ago and i'm sure al and malik will testify but as i grew i already knew that hey once i get this size this technology is going to come into play and it did and i think that kind of goes along with what malik said at the start of the show about identifying technology then also having a team doesn't just mean people that work for you or work for your company having advisors and other people that you can reach out to in your industry and sometimes not in your industry but are knowledgeable that can say hey you know what um stan you're at this size you're going through th- these issues i have a vendor or a resource that you can use that are specifically suited for the issues that you have now and you know i've done that for clients um in a myriad of industries i have a client right now he's in construction he received um some larger than normal contracts and he felt he was in over his head but because i had another client who is also in the construction industry but about 4 or 5 times larger than he is i was able to give him that platform to speak to that gentleman and have that gentleman walk him through some of the things that he needed to do immediately um so that he can transition well and still keep up the good service so those are the things that i would advise anyone listening if your company's growing that you try to do and of course you know the path is different for everyone i'm sure there's other things that i probably overlook but that would be my most basic advice I'm curious to hear what the logistics expert got to say here. Yeah, um, Are you ready to chime in? Yeah, um I think for rapid growth, you know, before before you even start to think of rapid growth, you know, especially being on like Amazon, like we would just grow at like, you know, record breaking speeds and paces. Um what I but what I learned, you know, if you're building a system to scale or I, but Amazon was like did they scale on, on a normal pace or did they blitz scale blitz scale everything was blitz scale okay go ahead um and what i realized was that you know if you set up a solid foundation of processes within your organization and those and those organization and those processes can handle an influx of higher growth you'll be fine the thing the thing i realize is that we don't set up you know the processes to allow growth to come in right you're doing things in the beginning it's going to be super manual you know it's not scalable but you should have a, a conscientious understanding of 
I need to put a system in place just in case if we go from one to 1,000. So if you have a system where I can handle one and that system has a little bit of scalability in it, you'll be able to go to 100, then 500, then 1,000, you know. And that's I think that's really the key piece when it comes to rapid growth. Also, you know, you got to have a team that has a growth mindset. Okay, we're doing this. We're doing one customer now. We're going to be doing 50. Then we're going to be doing 100. So in our minds, we're constantly programming our psyche for growth. So mm-hmm. we, we move off, okay, this is going to work right now, but it's not future. But we already programmed our mind to have that that conscientious understanding that growth is what we're after. We're after scalability. you know. And once I have all those in my mind on a day-to-day basis, you're going to start to do things differently. Yes, it'll, it'll be manual, but we'll automate and scale as, as it comes along. My yeah. gosh, man, man, Al hit a nerve with me <laughs> because I remember one of my jobs that I had and the owner came in. It was like, listen, we're about to, you know, we're servicing 10 people a day, but we're about to be servicing 50. And then we're all like, oh, my gosh, yeah. you know, nobody, none of us had the none of us wanted that to experience that growth. And we, by you saying everybody has to have that growth mindset. I mean, dude, like that's. Like, yeah. listen, I mean, that's that's important. That's very, very important because uh, I remember multiple jobs where I, I either felt that I was being either being overworked or I wasn't being paid, paid good enough or 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 the right amount to to warrant the work. Mm-hmm. I did so many different. Oh, I just didn't like the people. I didn't like the boss. There's so many different things there. But and if you're but if you're growing at that blitz scale that you're talking about, everybody has to be bought in everybody has to be motivated yeah everybody gotta be on board so i I think um and i and i appreciate you sharing that with us al because that's very important the growth mindset um i think bavel touched on it by having an advisory board um a group of people you could go to not necessarily has to be uh you know board member your exact board members but people that you can go reach out to and um get some feedback um because actually right now we're expanding that, right? We we actually have like three, four members, and now we're about to uh, grow to a couple of more members just to give us feedback and uh, let us know what's going on. And sometimes you, you can provide options, right? You can provide options or you can provide um, uh, equity if they want to, if they want to put in that sweat in the beginning, and then you just give them some equity in the back end. Or you give them that option where they just on board, they help you out. And then when that time comes and you start to scale, they have that first option because they've been there. Um, but I know like a lot of companies, when they start out, they need that friends and family round. And I know, Al, you're familiar with that. I, everybody's familiar with that friends and family round. Now, what's some of the challenges with that? Uh, man, so I think, you know, the friends and family around, like we, we started paving, like, you know, we took a huge pivot. So we were, we were looking to raise, you know, I think like $50,000 in the friends and family round. And we ended up doing like one fifth of that, just a little bit over that. You know, the thing is, you know, if you really think about it, and I was, I was saying this on, on, a, on another show is, you know, how many times in our community do you see people come to you for business ideas on a grand scale? You know, where we're not, we're not, we don't see enough deals and are exposed to that investing 
and that investing plateau and that whole ecosystem enough where it's normalized, you know? So if I go to, a, if I come to you, Stanley, and be like, yo, I need, I need $50,000, you're going to be like, I never experienced this, you know? Right. But if I go to a VC and I'd be like, hey, I need 50000 he'd be like, okay, here's 100000 because I'm used, I'm used to giving people a quarter million dollars. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a very huge piece that, that goes into it. And um, people have to know that, you know. But it's not just the exposure, right? It's, it's also a lot of people, you know, I'm talking about friends and family around. A lot of people don't want to put, they don't mind putting 20000 30. I know people personally don't mind putting 20000 30000 if they think the company's already on its way. Like yeah. it's yeah. out the gate. It's on its way. Right. That's but not, for, for a startup, that's not, uh, that's that's not, to your point, that's not like, that's not common. No, no, it's not. It's not common in amongst our community. You know what I mean? Okay. I think right. it is, it's just, there's a commonality out there that we needed to bring into the community to say like, hey, this is how you really build generational wealth by private equity, by goods, by sound investments, you know, by, you know, like, like I, I use it all the time, like the PayPal mafia guys, right? Like they worked with each other four or five times. Now they're all billionaires, you know, right, right. We worked on PayPal together. Okay, we're going to put now, we're going to put more money into Tesla with you, Elon Musk, because we've done exceptionally well as a group. And, right. and, and then it becomes like a closed net ecosystem where it's hard to tap into that. We need to be able to replicate that amongst ourselves to say, okay, this is now our sixth and seventh venture. We're good to go. You know, we, we've made so much money venture by venture. Let's keep on going. And then we'll pull more people into the ecosystem to expand our wealth amongst everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- just I thought everything you said, Al, is very true. Um, what it is always difficult to raise money from friends and family or family and friends, whichever one comes first. I, it's something about familiarity. And a lot of times in general, it's tough for people to see the vision. So what I would tell anyone that needs to get investments. The first place, of course, is to start with family and friends. You need to have a real presentation that they're able to see, Uh, especially as Al said, when people are not used to it, you lower your chances of getting funding if you come not correct. So you coming and just talking about it to me isn't going to work if I'm not used to it and I don't know, or I'm not business savvy. So you need to have a presentation. I'm not going to preach, Hey, you got to have a business plan, but you need to have something, something that they can see. Hey, Al, Malik, Stan, Jason, you're serious about this. You know where you want to go. You've put in some serious time. You've shown you've put up your own money, whatever, however small, and you really have given this a lot of thought. That helps your chances of getting funding go up. Now, yes, of course, you have groups that are still going to be tougher than other groups, but you at least arm yourself with that. And you might only get one family member that puts up five or $10,000 or whatever it is. But I guarantee you, you'll get nothing if you don't have a presentation. And if you're just going verbal to a group of people that are not used to doing that and that you have no track record with. Now, just think about human nature. Now, um, wrap that this point up. 
Al made a point saying the group went on to do more and more deals. Well, the more deals you do, I guarantee you, if I do two successful deals with Al or even one successful, one unsuccessful, when Al comes with the third deal, Al already has familiarity with what I want to see. And I have familiarity with Al. So I'm not going to require 30 pages. You know, I might require three pages now or and then by fourth or fifth, Al might just be able to pick up the phone page. And and no page. No page <laughs> through it 10, 15, 30 minutes. If even that, and I say, Al, I have your money. But when you know you're breaking new ground, you need to be as equipped as possible. Yeah. And that's you know my advice. Yeah, no, no, that's solid right there. Uh Malik, you want to chime in on it or you man, good? Man, you know, they all laid down some great points. I agree with with everything that everybody said. And I think that that's, that that's paramount. I would say that um, just real quickly that your reputation is, is everything to what they alluded to. Right. Yeah. So, so now you come in a family of friends and you was that guy that that's always late, you know, to things, or you that person that never give nobody any money back, you know, like, you know, all this stuff is going, it's going to come to fruition now. Yeah, you know, so. All right. I'm, I'm 50, 50 with this one though. <laughs> 50 50 yeah because i've i've invested in people that uh i believed in strongly uh-huh. and they've been consistent uh or maybe i didn't see it maybe i didn't see it but for me in my eyes they were consistent and then after the initial investment and everything they just went sideways they did a 360. Well, right. I expect that to happen because of right. where we all grew up and how we yeah, all grew true. up. True, but I'm just saying. But then that's I our had, weakness. That's our weakness, right yes. there. But I had some people that I was shaky at in the beginning. I was like, uh, yeah. "All right, I'll take a chance. I'll give you a little bit. I won't give you the full amount." <laughs> and they turned around, and you know, everything was up and up. So, it, to me, it depends where the person is at in life. All right. And that's just that's just me speaking out loud. That's mm. how I view it, where the person is at in life. Yeah. Uh, if they if they're at a point where they saw the bottom, they recognize the bottom, they don't want to be in the bottom anymore. Yeah. And and they they put some strides into repairing their um, rep, um, reputation. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, you got somebody that's really hungry, that really want to make something of themselves. And you just throw them a bone. And then guess what? They take it and run with it. Mm-hmm. No, right. I, 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 I totally agree. And you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say reputation is, you know, that's exactly what you're going to have to lean on. And if it's bad, you got to show how you have turned that around. Right. 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 Because because right. what we know now as as older as older gentlemen now, right. you know, we know that people can grow and people yeah. can, you know, and and really turn around if right. you ask me in my 18 when i was 18 and 20 i'm like oh you know nah that dude ain't gonna be nothing you know but <laughs> now i'm like i'm like man you know he could turn it around he could turn it around you know because I've, I've seen people people do it so right, right. yeah so so now that's a that's a great point that's a great yeah, point. i really think it's where you at in life and that determines um and then there's some people that just they're not there yet and you have to understand that or you you're gambling at that point yeah. But then, but when you have when you have an understanding somebody that you know what they tried they, they they fell but now they're ready to go back 
at it again and they're more determined, they learn from their mistakes, then hey man, uh let's hey, I'll take a chance. So so I've started about 10, maybe 20 different businesses. I never really counted them, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I've I've started a lot and I've failed all different types, S- stores, uh promotions, uh marketing, uh restaurants, everything, right? And I've put money into all different types of types of businesses. And a lot of them, I, I did the, the stand check method, you know, hey, you know, uh, this guy, look a little shy, but just give a little bit, you know, or, or, or you know, and, and kind of things of that nature. So I learned, I learned a lot of lessons. But one thing that I learned throughout that whole time was that your word is, is everything, right? So, so any money that I've ever taken from somebody, I've always given back. Even if I took like serious L's mm-hmm. on, on projects, mm-hmm. I've always, and I went back to them and say, listen, I lost on that project, but give me some time. I'm going to pay you whatever this amount every month or every quarter or every year or whatever it is. And I'm going to get you your money back. And to Jason's point, there's about 10 people that I can call right now that I can say, it's not about what you're investing in. It's about how much you need and how much I can spare. Yeah, like yeah. that's really yeah. what it's all about. That, that's validation right there because yeah. I'm a firm believer. In, uh, I I gotta pay you back. I don't want you on my back, man. Like <laughs> I can't take that pressure on my back. <laughs> like I, I, you know, I, I remember I had I had somebody. I'm, I'm gonna get right to you, Bavel. Give me one second. I had somebody that I was rocking with uh, when we were younger, and uh, he took a serious loss, like. Uh, 200 uh to a quarter million loss or something like that and the dude was on his back and he's like yo dude i'll have your money you know i don't like people on my back i don't you know he said something about i don't wear cheap suits man so i don't want somebody on my back like that. <laughs> so he turned around and uh he, he turned around and he paid the money back right and that was for me seeing that was at a young age taught me a lesson and then i remember i had uh a mentor that told me that, you know what, if you got to go broke to pay somebody back, pay them back because you never know when you're going to need them again. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. in investments, we all, t- we all take a risk, right. And we all gambling and we we all hoping that everything's going to turn around. Right. Uh, but I think communication is key. If you can communicate, Hey, shit is not going well. Right. The, the person won't have that expectation of, Okay, I, 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 where's my money? What's going on? Where's my investment? Uh, but if you communicate, things not going well. Give me some time. This is what we're gonna do. Constantly communicate. The person will be more than understanding because then they're gonna figure out a way to help you get it back. Yeah, and that's one thing I've learned because I've done it. Okay, this is not working. This all right. How can we make it come back? And and I jump in because at the end of the day, it's still my investment. Yeah. You know, and one thing Jason and I talk, talked about once before, and it was that the interest rates, and, and this is for people, if you're, depending on where you're at, if you're a startup or if you're somebody kind of like 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 Al who, who needs capital to get the product and, and mm-hmm. things of that nature, they got to depend, depend more on that kind of stuff. So, or, or they need inventory. They need to buy inventory or whatever, whatever it is. You know, Jason and I, we talked about the, uh, hence because he's a CPA, I'm a CFP, so we talk more of the, the money stuff, right? But uh, 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 one of our conversations that we talked about was the, how they rape you on these small business, like short-term small business loans, right? 
And, and, and I'm not talking about SBA loans, things of that nature for those individuals that are not familiar. I'm talking about like the, 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 the two year, uh, 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 get this business loan. I'm talking, those rates are ridiculous, like 30%. Ridiculous. You know, uh, uh, annual rates. You You know, and I, and I mean, like some of them, you got to pay them weekly, so they want their money weekly, not even monthly. Like weekly, you got to make a payment. You know, so so if you are borrowing from a family member, you know, if you know that to, to get this fifty thousand is going to cost me thirty percent, and I got to pay them back in two years, you know, like why not give my aunt? Eight percent or five percent, because right now in the money market they're only getting 0.02. Right. So if I can give them five percent annually and tell them I'll pay them back over five years, I mean that's a win for everybody. You know, so people got to get more creative as well too with the lending, um, and then kind of take away those ties. And then and then if it's a and Jason could probably talk more about this, but but it, then if it's a legal entity right and that that business writes that note and if it goes belly up you can get creative on the capital loss from that like the 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 some of those losses you could can be ordinary losses you could take it against your income or other things like that so depending on the type of loss you got different ways you can finagle this so so we got to get creative also on how we ask our family and friends for this for this capital that's true you want to chime in, Bavel? No, I agree with Malik 100% and Al. Uh, that kind of goes back to what we were saying. Al said something that really stuck with me, and I think that's what we're trying to do here today is we have to have these conversations because these conversations haven't happened in many homes or family structures or friend structures on, hey, we need to both sides, those that are starting the companies and those that have money that have the ability to invest. How do we come together? How do we make it where it's a win-win for each side? And it's just about knowledge. You know, for anyone listening, as everyone said, you need to be able to bring a real plan to your friends and family. And on the other side, you know, you need to be willing to look at that plan um, because as Malik said, right now, and it's been this way for the past decade, no one realizes that interest before your interest in a savings account was three, four percent on regular savings accounts. When the market crashed in 08, they dropped it and, you know, everyone went along with it. But the economy has been booming for a long time, but yet those rates haven't gone up. So I always encourage clients. It uh, dropped again, by the way. Yeah, I, w- I always encourage clients, hey, you know, it might be more advantageous to invest in a family member's business or friend's idea that you can trust as a way if you don't want to go down that path, but you still want to make your money work for you and also advance your family, your friends, your community it can be a win-win and we have to explore that more because the outside lending markets, that's a major issue that I've personally seen for clients and for clients' businesses to go belly up. I've seen it over and over again, these predatory loans where the company is making money, but all the money's going out the door 
to pay back these loans or the money that they can use to live or to expand and grow the business is going out the back door where that same person has family or friends that could have lent them the money at a much cheaper rate and allow everyone to win. So we need to have more and more of these conversations because you have a lot of institutions that are predatory. And I feel you have a lot of institutions that aid in that, whatever, what is it? 90% fail rate of startups. I guarantee you, I always say when you go and look at the money for a lot of startups that fail, capital is one of the major reasons. And even startups that make it, the stress is capital. Yeah. Yeah. But then, and, it's it's not only okay you you can have the capital but then you also have to think about your burn rate because mm-hmm. if you're not managing that capital correctly you could run through it very fast mm-hmm. uh, so you got to monitor your burn rate and so i know al he monitors the pnl very <laughs> very carefully uh, <laughs> I, sleep, I sleep next to a printed copy, man. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the things that you, you got to keep in mind. You're hundred percent right about like a thousand percent actually. Uh, but you know, keep in mind capital, the reason why capital, even when you do have capital, if you don't monitor it correctly, if you don't allocate it to the right resources, so that way it could uh, recoup, uh, some of that, that that benefit, then you you, you got to watch your burn rate because you can just go through a hundred thousand dollars without even looking at it. So 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 that is a good point, right? When you're talking about investing in something, that mm-hmm. that is a very very good point. But I will also tell you that people, these some of these most of these these lenders ignore that, right? They're looking at your deposits. Yeah. And they're looking at your your they're looking at your challenges, yeah. right? So somebody, let's say for example, and I'm picking on out here because he's he's in that type of business where where inventory is king and they can they can show some some big numbers and some big deposits in those type of industries, right? Then that might be a whole other different story, but those <laughs> deposits and everything else is can be looking phenomenal. So somebody like Al is is a perfect candidate. Like if if a family member comes up to Al and like, hey, Al, like how much do you need? To get you through Christmas season, Al might be like, "Man, if somebody gives me another fifty thousand, I can order like another. I can order these products at a lower cost to lower my cost of goods, and I can make more money. And then if and then something, I might be like, "Man, listen, I'll take that fifty thousand, and I'll give you back five percent in six months or whatever the number is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a great investment for somebody yeah. who's not doing anything. And for right. Al, that's right. super super cheap money." Yeah, it's good money right there. You know, yeah, that's super, that's super, yeah. super cheap money. You yeah. know, so 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 the burn rate, the burn rate, yes, but but if if the business is doing well cash flow, cash flow wise, and you're trying to implement this strategy that I'm talking about, you want somebody that's like struggling with the burn rate a little bit because like they need the cash. You yeah. know, so you can hit them with a little bit of a higher interest rate. You know, you don't want to do the thirty percent like that's just outrageous. But yeah. but 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 you know, because you actually know the person, you got to sit down with them over the over happy hour and have some drinks because it starts now, right? Yeah, absolutely, so, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so like, but you know, so I want somebody that I'm looking at the the deposits. I'm looking at okay, is this person really making money, right? right? Because but, because as a startup, right? As a startup, are you going to make that money in the beginning? 
It depends, though. Yeah, it depends. You can, you can but for most startups, you're going to spend more before you start to correct, make, correct, make correct, up. correct, correct. And then that's where that burn rate comes. And that's when, the, and that's what I was talking about. Yeah, because that's when that burn rate comes. And, yeah, because you're not not all not all startups um, generate money in the beginning. Correct. Uh, yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna spend before you start making some money. A lot of money. You got to monitor your burn rate now. A lot of money. <laughs> right now, when you start making some money, then yes, you're a thousand percent correct, Malik. Because now I gotta look at like, okay, how much I'm bringing in compared to how much I'm burning, mm-hmm. right? But in the beginning, you gotta burn because you don't know, mm-hmm. right? You building up your brand, mm-hmm. you building up your inventory. You're building up your clientele. Mm-hmm. All that requires mm-hmm. money. So, mm-hmm. and this is what I mean about the burn rate. You got to monitor all that because until you start making money, you got to make sure that money lasts. See, yeah. see, see what the what, what burn rate kind of got lost in this generation is social media. Everybody yeah. is dumping so much money into social media because they because they like okay, I can spend five thousand to generate twenty thousand in, in revenue or whatever. People are going crazy. With their ad spends and their social media spends, like, I, I mean, like it's re- it's ridiculous. I'm seeing a lot of these people online, like they're dumping in the, uh, the people that uh, you'll see the so a lot of the other YouTubers and stuff like that. They're dumping in tens of thousands of dollars a month into their into their ads and everything. So, so like you know, a lot of that I think really comes to uh, you know, if you're a startup. Unless you're like one of those startups, like high tech startups, and you got to hire a whole team and stuff like that to just get the business going. We're mm-hmm. talking about, I guess, owner operator kind of, kind of, kind of startup. Yeah, owner operator. Yeah, yeah call it owner operator yeah. kind of startups. Yeah, like that's a whole nother probably podcast. That's a whole nother day. Those type of startups. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to chime in? I felt like you needed to say something. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's funny that you were saying that the, the interest rate is crazy, especially with um newer businesses like for us since we're a newer business you know a company a company reached out to me to do uh i'm not going to name the company they they reached out for a loan and the loan wasn't even a monthly payment it wasn't even a weekly payment it was a daily payment wow. withdrawal oh my god so, so I, I was saying to the guy um it was for like let's say let's say nine thousand dollars and the payback amount was like twelve hundred twelve thousand eight hundred dollars Within, I think, like six months. Yep. So, and then they take a yep. daily withdrawal of ninety-one dollars out your account every business day. So it was like two thousand dollars a month for six months. It's like a royalty, man. That's crazy. So, so I said to the guy, I said, like, bro, who would sign this deal? I said, like, this deal doesn't. This is not even good money. Like, who is in their right mind is going to sign this deal? I'm and, pretty sure they got somebody prior they to. They got you. a whole bunch of people. I see. Yeah. Them. And. And he said, like, hey, man, if if you are growing very, very rapidly where, you know, let's say you inject 12,000 into the business within six months, you you're making from that for that, excuse me, that 9,000 Let's business is going so well that you're turning that 9,000 into $20,000. You know what I mean? And then, you know, from the 20,000, you subtract the 12, you, you made eight grand. That's when it becomes good money. But like. There's so many other options out there that I'm telling him, like, man, listen, like, this is not a good idea for us, you know, and it's just because our business is very young and the credit of the the, the overall credit of the business is still growing. That's what he was saying. So I said, May, maybe we'll we'll reconvene maybe like two years from now, but uh, I'm good. Don't right now. Huh? Don't Go ahead. Go ahead. 
I have not to cut you off, Al. Um, what you said really struck with me because I have these people reach out to me all the time. I have clients that reach out to me with these type of people and I send them packing 98% of the time. Yeah. To me, unless you have some overnight magic, right, going to expound three or four times percent their crazy percentage rate, yep. I would advise most people not to do it yep. because they will eventually swallow you up. I've yep. been on the other side where, you know, I've had clients file chapter 11 bankruptcy and their companies, if you look at their financials, were great, but the loan um, was terrible. And that daily and weekly payments, that's very tough. You know, I would definitely tell anyone uh, that's listening, you want to stay away from the daily. That's, <laughs> that's number one. I know they say not to say, you know, never, but 98% of the time you stay away from daily. Weekly, I'll drop it to 65, 70% you stay away from weekly. Monthly, that's a different thing. Now you're getting into the interest rates, et cetera, and stuff like that. Um, but those loans, very predatory. And I would advise everyone listening, you pay attention to those loans. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that heads up, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, uh, this has been awesome. I uh, just want to say thank you so much. Uh, before we before we just end this, I just want to say uh, thank you. We really appreciate all that gems that you guys just dropped. I'm sure that it's going to add so much value to somebody that's trying to come up and uh, learn from the mistakes that we all made and, the, and leverage the experiences that we just shared. Yeah. So hopefully that happens, and I'm pretty sure it will. Besides that, do you guys, uh, I'm going to start with Jason first. Anything you guys want to share that you're promoting that you got that's coming out, that you're working on, anything? <laughs> uh, I'm pivoting. Well, not pivoting. Where I've gotten into the real estate um, game as a long-term uh, thing that I felt would be good. That's been going well, looking for probably in 2021 um, to expand on that and also stay away from predatory lending while I'm doing the real estate. Because <laughs> our first project, I learned how interest is definitely not your friend in any line of work, but especially in um, a business where you might not see revenue for a long period of time. So that's something that we're working on. Other than that, still growing the firm. Uh, we're happy we're servicing a larger portion of the country and we're just gonna continue to expand. How about you, Al? Um, of course, you know, growing pavement, um, you can check us out on Instagram at underscore P A Y V M N T. Um, we got a lot of giveaway contests coming up for the holidays. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff like that. And some, also some marketing campaigns. We just bought on a new marketing team. 
So we're going to be doing like a lot more, you know, content and, and fun stuff, you know, to, to pretty much just differentiate ourselves from other brands. Um, so definitely check us out on Instagram. Yep. Uh, Malik. Um, I have a, I have a lot of new projects uh, to, to, to be honest with you. Um, I, I'm always producing content. Um, I am a contributor to the business insider Kiplinger, uh, and, and numerous other, uh, um, better investment magazine. So I have nothing but content that I'm always pushing out. I just started a, uh, in addition to our firm, Felton and uh, I just started a, uh, a web series giving out, um, uh, high quality content to individuals who are or are looking to to just get an entry level uh, introduction to financial planning, asset management, things of that nature. Um, I, I, I fortunately I can't do it on a monthly basis, but I'm probably going to commit to doing it uh, next year. We had our first one uh, two days ago, uh, and it was a huge success. Um, um, and so that's planslikeapro.com. So we 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 have that venture. We're going to be pushing out some more educational webinars. Uh, where we're going to be talking about how to invest for your kids, uh, life insurance, investments, all different types of other different planning techniques. And we're going to be giving out all the gems from, from that standpoint. We're also going to also going to be starting working on my book in the middle of next year. And that probably should be out sometime in 2022. Oh, that's what's up, man. Congratulations. Oh, that's dope. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Last final words for me. I uh, just want to thank everybody out there for supporting us. Uh, to Al's point, it's been an emotional ride. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to Bravel's point and Malik's point, um, technology is definitely uh, the wave right now. And I, my recommendation is try to learn as quickly and as, as efficient as possible because um, things are doubling. It's, it's, it's really at a rapid pace. And you want to get as much, you want to dive in as much as you can um, because everything else, uh, the, all the linear things, like linear TV and everything else is slowly going to die out mm-hmm. and you want to be ahead of the curve. Uh, the other thing is resources is very important. Definitely reach out to anybody um, to help you out, to get you what you need to do. Even a simple device or direction is, is valuable to you because it's going to take you to a next level that you didn't see. And a lot of times in hindsight, when I look back, there's certain people that directed me without me realizing I was being directed into that direction from a simple conversation, which is a powerful thing because you don't know who's going to impact your life and you, you don't know who's going to change it. Hope everybody take in everything that we discussed today. And I think that it's going to add so much value and what you're trying to do. Uh, Jason, you have a final word because you leaned in. <laughs> you did a great job. I'm, I'm just listening. All right. I have, uh, I have a final word, man. I have go a final ahead. word for, the, go for ahead. the businesses out there. Um, uh, uh, don't give up on social media. If you're starting your business, every business right now needs a social media page. You're going to have no followers, probably your friends and family. They'll at least do that if they don't give you any capital. Right. <laughs> but but like, you know, just know that people are watching, people are looking, no matter how many followers and listeners you have. So don't give up on it. Uh trust me, that's the difference. Yep. Yep. Uh, 
You want to say something? No, man. I just have to say, and I agree, man. I agree. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, and that's it, man. Thank you again, gentlemen. This all has right, been an awesome, you. awesome uh, a panel of conversations about the um, the ugly truth about business. And the other thing, the last thing I want to say about the ugly truth about business is that you got to believe in yourself before you be- before anybody else will believe in you. So if you haven't learned that yet, then go back to the drawing boards, go back to the game plan, uh, fine tune it, do whatever. But if you don't believe in it, there's no way you're going to be able to sell it. 